1: Today, Finance Minister Katrina Conroy released the province's first quarterly report for the 2023-2024 budget. And boy, hang on to your wallets. It's a doozy. BC's deficit is projected to jump by $2.5 billion to $6.7 billion due to a loss of revenue from natural gas and the cost of fighting uh, summer wildfires, $966 million to be exact. So just under a billion dollars just fighting uh, summer wildfires. And the bills aren't uh, completely paid yet. There's more probably coming in at this point. And that's all according to, to the province's first quarterly financial update. Joining me now to discuss the issue is Katrina Conroy, BC's Minister of Finance. Minister, thank you for speaking to us today.
0: Well, it's great to be here,
1: Jeff. Uh, were you expecting the deficit to be as high as it was, particularly with the the jump that we're seeing with uh, the extra costs with the uh, wildfires and even uh, revenue from natural gas?
0: Well, you know, Jazz, People are and BC are facing big challenges, and and the record wildfire season has been significant, and uh, so we thought that uh, it might be a bit higher, so we had, had anticipated that. What we didn't anticipate was the um, lower natural gas. Uh, prices and revenues going down so substantially. I actually even the private forecasters didn't uh, didn't forecast that either. They everybody thought that it was going to go down a bit, but not. I mean, the prices fell more than fifty percent since since the budget. Mm-hmm. So that was that was substantial.
1: And moving forward at this point, we're, uh, how fast are, uh, do you see the economy growing here? What's the number that we're looking at?
0: Well. One thing with our economy is, is that we have a very diverse economy and, and we've practiced prudent uh, budgeting uh, since we formed government in 2017. And, and by doing that, we, we also have been investing in people. And uh, we've had a fairly significantly strong economy. And in fact, uh, we invested in people during COVID and we had one of the strongest economies in, in Canada. And we came out of COVID. With a strong economy, so I mean, I'm feeling uh, fairly, like I'm cautiously optimistic that uh, we will continue to have a good, strong economy because of, of our our past practices and how we're moving forward. But it's, I mean, it's. Uh, it's BC, and things can fluctuate, but I'm feeling fairly
1: confident. But but I want to confirm here, just in regards to growth, though. There is a one. The the growth of the economy would go from 1.5 percent to 0.8 percent, or just under one percent for 2024. Mm-hmm. Is mm-hmm. that that's what I mean? Well, I what, we- that's accurate. That I mean, that's the projection so far.
0: That's the projection, and and we know that we're gonna the economy is gonna slow down a bit in 2024 because we're gonna start to see the effects of the uh, high interest rates. I mean that will come uh, in, in that will be in in 2024, and the thing and things like uh, the lower natural gases uh, gas costs. So we we know that that's coming, and so we know that there there will be a bit of a slowdown in, in 2024. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm yeah, it's but. We're not going to make cuts. We're, we're going to continue to provide support to people because we know that's the right thing to do.
1: So to confirm, as you said, you're not going to cut costs anywhere or even raise taxes anywhere. It's the status quo, and right now, uh, because of the global economy uh, and obviously the impacts it can have on a open economy like ours, the, the deficit most likely, at this point, you see it around $6.7 billion for the full year.
0: That's right. And it, I mean, it's, it's Q1. I mean, it's the first mm-hmm. quarter. So, you know, we'll see how things are in the in the second quarter. We'll see if the, you know, we we might have better outcomes when it comes to income tax and and potentially more revenues from resources. But as I said, we kind even I mean, you forecast prudently, it it, uh, it it
1: benefits you. And absolutely. And just to confirm, though, and you you have about a f- uh, five billion in contingency as well.
0: Yes, we do. Yeah, right. five point five billion in contingencies, which is is it, you know. Right now, it's Q one, so we we won't look at spending that right now because we want to make sure that we have that contingency. in, in as we, as the year progresses, I mean, we're early in the year, mm-hmm. and we want to make sure that, especially when things like caseloads, if, if they go up, we have to make sure we can cover that. So it's always good to have those uh, contingencies uh, as part of a, a prudent budget.
1: In regards to housing, which can play a significant role in revenue for government as well, uh, so far, what do you see over the next uh, few months for, for in regards to revenue for government?
0: Well, we, we continue to um, be prudent with our forecasting on, on housing. Um, housing is, has been affected by... Um, Labor shortages and, and supply chain issues, but we're determined to keep uh, building the houses that, that people in BC need with our Homes for BC plan. It's a $7 billion plan, and we're looking at ensuring that we're working with, uh, with municipalities, with Indigenous nations, with, you know, in partnership and the federal government, because we're actually making the largest investment in housing in, in, our, in our province's history. And we, we need to deliver those those houses to people because everybody deserves to, to find a place to own or, or rent in, in our province, and we want to make sure that they can do that.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, but in regards to just revenue for government, uh, when it coming from the housing from the housing sector, you don't expect any dramatic increases or anything like that. It's, it's sort of status quo. The market itself is going through significant challenges because of interest rate hikes and. Uh, and and the Bank of Canada's uh, present policy, you don't see any sort of dramatic increase in revenue for government from housing.
0: Well, we actually had a 15% uh, 15 increase in housing starts this year Mm -hmm. already, which is is quite significant. Um, We thought it might be going down a bit just because of uh, interest rates and and the fact they have been going up. We were very happy that the Bank of Canada didn't raise them in September. But um, so... You know, it it it, it's cyclical, but at the same time, it's um, you know we we, as I say, we plan prudently, and then we are, you know, can be pleasantly surprised when things go better than we plan. Mm
1: -hmm. Now, one of the things that's quite interesting is the nine hundred million plus. For forest uh, fires, uh, the cost to the province nine hundred sixty-six million dollars, to be exact. Now, uh, I'm of a certain vintage, and I recall uh, many years ago when the Kelowna fire. I think that was a very, uh, obviously, very expensive year for the for finance, uh, and I think it was four hundred million or so, maybe just under a billion, half a billion okay. dollars. And now we're here, we are at a billion dollars dealing with the wildfires for a very busy wildfire season. Moving forward, not just your time as finance minister, but perhaps oh, even longer than that, five years, ten years down the road, um, is, is is wildfire season going to have to be looked at differently when it comes to yeah, budgeting? Yeah, it
0: is. Yeah, definitely, Jazz. And, and, you know, And we are looking at it differently. And last year we brought in funding for the BC Wildfire Service so that they have annual funding, year-round funding, so they can hire people year-round. Mm-hmm. So those people that they... Fight the fires during the summer and during the wildfire season, which is getting longer. It's coming a little earlier in the year and lasting longer. But they can also do wildfire mitigation with our partners in municipal governments, First Nations, you know, making sure that I mean, who better jazz to do wildfire mitigation than the people who actually fight the fires and understand fires? Mm-hmm. So we are looking at what we can do with in collaboration with communities. And the premier just announced some funding at the at UBCM to to help. Uh, uh, communities to to buy the equipment they need and and uh, do training um, and because I, I I've been when I was minister of forests and I've been around and even this year I went to some of the camps and and you see those um, it's not just the people from the BC Wildfire Service who do an amazing job but it's also the uh, firefighters from different uh, communities that are they take their equipment and their folks and they go and help fight the wildfires which is pretty incredible it's it's an all hands-on um, experience when you look at what people are doing to help fight the fires in this province and mm-hmm. so we need to make sure that we have the support for communities to do that but also the training and, and quite frankly Jaws. you know the um the responsibility of 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 being uh uh, proactive about fighting uh, wildfires is it, it's everybody's responsibility. It's not just the provincial government it's, or federal government or municipalities. It's individuals as well. And there's so many things we can all do as individuals, especially those of us that live in rural D.C., mm-hmm. to make sure that we do the mitigation around our own home. You know, it's tough when you got to cut a tree down, but when it's so close to your house and, and a terrible fire hazard, you got to do it. And, mm-hmm. and there's things that you can do to, to prevent that. And so... We're talking to people about how we can all work together, and people want to—you know—they want to do some training to make sure that they can help fight the fires. And because you can't just send people without training, because that's—I mean—you need to have the training, you need to have the understanding of of the fires. Because you don't—the last thing you want to do is—is is send people that don't know what they're doing. And I mean, even professionals that know what they're doing have still lost their lives this year. Which yeah. Which is it just it, just uh, uh, the reason I was the that's,
1: reason I was asking was that it is increasingly becoming a much bigger line item for the finan- for a finance minister because you, know, you can set aside a hundred million but you can have a bad year like this year this past year you got you know, there's a billion dollars there so not only just on mm-hmm. the preventative side just on the financial side I think I would think most finance ministers moving forward are going to have to look at that line item in a much different way
0: well we are we are we're looking like what do we need what but you also you know, you hope for the, the years that uh, where you don't have to spend that much and you don't mm-hmm. want to have that money going into a, a budget item if there's not flexibility to move it. So you want to make sure that we have enough funding and that's what contingencies are for.
1: Minister, uh, thank you for chatting with us today. I look forward to having you on the show soon again. Thank you so much.
0: Thanks, Jazz. I'd love to come on the show again. <laughs>
1: We we promise we'll have you on. Many more financial okay. updates in the future, that's for sure, especially okay. these days. Yeah. All right, there take, take care. Okay, a
0: few more. Next, next one's in November. All
1: right. We'll jot it down. Thanks a lot.
0: Okay, thanks, Jess. Take care. <laughs>